This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons preached by Rev. Adam Moline at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. You can find our website at goodshepherdlincoln.org, and the texts for our sermons each week follow the historic one-year lectionary. Let's listen in to today's sermon. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Christians, When the day of Pentecost arrived, the disciples were all together in one place. Christ had ascended into heaven ten days earlier, being hidden from their sight by a cloud. The number of apostles had been restored to twelve following the ordination of Matthias as a replacement for wicked Judas who died. The twelve were together in Jerusalem, awaiting the promise that the Lord had given to them. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. As the twelve were together in one place, all of a sudden, a sound like a mighty rushing wind came from heaven and filled the room in which they were. And tongues of fire, flames from heaven, came down and landed on each one of them, resting upon them not burning them nor consuming them in flames, instead much like the burning bush from Moses' day. The flames landed on each one but did not consume them. And when the flames came upon the twelve, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to preach as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. And what is it that the Holy Spirit gave them to preach about? The death of Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus. His reappearance on the third day. His ascension ten days before. This is the utterance the Holy Spirit gave the apostles. And so they preached. They preached Christ. They preached that people should be consecrated by baptism. And they administered the Lord's Supper. The Holy Spirit came upon them and led them to preach. And who did they preach to? Now, in Jerusalem at that time, there were Jews from every nation under heaven. Why were they there? Why was the city bustling full of people? They were gathered for Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks. The Feast of Weeks was traditionally celebrated 50 days after the Passover. And the Feast of Weeks looked back to the days that immediately followed the Exodus after the Israelites had crossed through the Red Sea on dry ground, after Pharaoh had been destroyed in the waters 
the people of Israel came to Mount Sinai. There, the twelve tribes gathered together, all in one place. There, flames came down from heaven and landed on the top of Mount Sinai, covering it in a cloud of smoke, hiding God from their eyes. Sounds of roaring thunder and an ever louder, increasing in volume trumpet blast filled the entire area. God told the people to consecrate themselves, to wash, so that he might appear to them again in three days. And when God came down upon the mountain on that day, he spoke. He spoke first to Moses and then sent Moses to speak, to preach to the nation of Israel gathered at the foot of the mountain. Did you catch all the similarities between the Pentecost of our text and the first Pentecost of Exodus 19? The twelve apostles gathered just as the twelve tribes had gathered. There was a roaring from heaven, wind for the apostles, and thunder and trumpet blasts for the tribes. Flames of fire came down, God being in the purifying heavenly fire. Flames landing on the apostles and flames landing on the mountain. God was hidden in the cloud on top of the mountain, just as Christ had been hidden from the apostles' eyes by a cloud in his ascension. And God spoke. He spoke through the apostles, and he spoke through Moses. What happens in Jerusalem in our reading for today is the fulfillment of what had happened 1,500 years earlier at Mount Sinai. God sends His Spirit to speak to His people. The appearance of God in flames and smoke on Mount Sinai, instituted God's divine word of law. If you look at the sermon that God had Moses preach on the first Pentecost, you'll see that contained therein are the Ten Commandments. The same ten that you have memorized in confirmation class. You shall not do this, but you should do that. Summarized, you shall love God and you shall love your neighbor. God gave his law to these people. The laws were very specifically set out. To love God meant that he would be your only God, that you would use his name rightly at all times, especially in matters of doctrine that you would worship him properly, setting aside time every week where your entire focus would be on God. To love your neighbor meant that you would honor authorities 
which were derived first from your father and your mother, that you would care for the physical well-being of your neighbors, their bodies and lives, that you would honor your spouse and only your spouse, that you would not steal from your neighbor, that you would respect other people's reputations, that you would be content with the things that God had given you and not desire the things He had not given you. God gave His law, His holy Ten Commandments. And in Exodus 20, God said this word. He engraved it into stone with His own finger. He had Moses speak it from Mount Sinai to the gathered tribes. And then, God speaking through Moses said this, that these commandments would be a test for the twelve tribes, that the fear of the Lord would be before them, and to see that they would not sin. God gave His law, His true word of law, to see if His people would be faithful. The test was clear. Do this, and you're in sin. Do that, and you're not. How did the test go? You know the result. Even though those people had walked through the Red Sea on dry ground, even though they watched a theophany, an appearance of God on Mount Sinai, even though they heard the thunder and the trumpet, even though they saw the cloud of smoke and the lightning that billowed therefrom, they still didn't pass the test. They still sinned. It's no surprise. They were sinners already. They would continue to be sinners. The law did not stop their sinning. The law merely revealed their failure keeping God's Word. The law revealed the depth of their sin. It manifested itself for the Israelites almost immediately in idol worship. They built a golden calf. They said, that's our God. That's the one who led us out of Egypt. And they fell down and worshipped it. They went into the wilderness and began to do what? To grumble. To grumble against their leaders, Moses and Aaron. To grumble against God. They began to covet what they used to have in Egypt. Things were so much better when we were slaves and had meat in our pots. They committed adultery. They divorced one another. They sinned. 
over and over and over and over again. The Torah remembers 40 years, an entire lifetime of people sinning against God's word. In other words, the people of Israel were just like you and just like me. They did what we do. And God's law, which is true, which is good, which is wise, revealed the sin that was within each one of them, just like it reveals the sin that is in you. You are guilty just as they were guilty. And it is perhaps for this reason that immediately after God gives the people of Israel the Ten Commandments, God also tells them to build an altar, an altar made of stone, unhewn stone, so that they might sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins, so that they might shed blood for the forgiveness of sins, so that they might learn that without the shedding of blood there can be no forgiveness of sins. The altar that God told the people of Israel to make foreshadows the greatest altar. The Israelites built an altar of uncut stone which points forward to a little knob of uncut stone in the midst of a quarry called Golgotha. It's on that altar where Christ was crucified and killed to forgive the sins of all the world, the people of Israel, and even you. To forgive the sins of all who had faith in Christ. To forgive the sins by the shedding of blood poured out onto that uncut stone. To forgive the sins of all the world. There, on that altar, a wooden cross was prepared and the Lamb of God paid the price for all sin of all time. And that leads to the preaching of St. Peter at Pentecost and the preaching of the church even today. The Holy Spirit filled the twelve and they preached on that Pentecost that we are celebrating today. God came down in flame and wind 
And the twelve preached as a result. They preached the law just as Moses had. In fact, St. Peter's sermon cut the hearers to the heart. But Peter also went on and preached the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. He preached the resurrection on the third day, God's appearing again. He preached the ascension into heaven. He preached God's Word in its truth and purity. And the Holy Spirit worked through that Word so that the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. They preached the gospel of Jesus Christ so that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. God's word was preached in its truth and purity to a people from every land and tribe and people. They preached to Parthians and Medes, Elamites and Mesopotamians, Judeans and Cappadocians, Pontic Greeks and Asians. They preached to Phrygians and Pamphylians, Egyptians and Libyans, Roman Cretans and Arabians. And by preaching in God's truth and purity, they all heard the wondrous, mighty deeds of God in their own languages, the wondrous, mighty deeds accomplished by Jesus Christ. God's Word was preached, and through that Word, the Holy Spirit worked faith. In that Word, the Holy Spirit called people to be Christians. In that word, he gathered them together regularly to receive God's gifts. In that word, he enlightened their minds so that they could see who they were and that they could see who their Savior was. In that word, the people were sanctified, taught to live as Christians, taught to do what is right and avoid what is wrong taught to be a light that shines in this world. The Holy Spirit worked that first Pentecost through preaching, through sacraments, and He still does now. Here, today, not in countless ancient languages being muttered from the pulpit, not in flames falling down from heaven and alighting on us. The Holy Spirit works the same way He did in every Pentecost, by the power of God's Word. The Holy Spirit works faith for you. He calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies you. He sends His Word and works in it that you might repent of your sin. He sends His Word and works in it that you might believe 
He sends his word and works in it that you might live a sanctified, holy life. Not giving in to the baseness of sin and the world. But letting God's word rule your life. He works through his word that you might believe and that you might call upon the Lord, and that you may be saved. God still works the same way He did in Moses' day. God still works in the same way that He did through Peter and the apostles on Pentecost. God works in His Word. God works to save you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He works in the Word to richly and daily forgive you all of your sins. He works to make you Christian. He works so that on the last day, God will raise you and all of the dead and give eternal life to you and to all who call on the name of the Lord. That's what we celebrate today. The work of the Holy Spirit through the preaching of God's Word. Come, Holy Spirit, come. In the name of Jesus, amen. That concludes today's sermon from Pastor Adam Moline. For more information about the Lutheran faith, check out our church website, goodshepherdlincoln.org. The title of this podcast, With Intrepid Heart, comes from the conclusion to the Book of Concord, where it is written, This is our faith, doctrine, and confession, in which we also are willing, by God's grace, to appear with intrepid hearts before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of it. God's blessings on your day.